There's a farmland shining the light on the world I grew up in. No name, dirt roads, about to get torn up. All going down in a town you never heard of. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. What's up, everybody? <laughs> All right, it's welcome been a minute. The, yes, welcome to the podcast, right? Yeah, it's a it's a new year. It's a new dawn or something. It right? is a new year, twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of weird to say that. Mm-hmm. Have uh, you had to write it yet? Because that's always the problem. I haven't, but uh, that last basketball game I called uh, our sports director was like, "We'll see you next year." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a joke that everybody has to do. Yes. I don't know. You're just like. Obligated to do yeah. that, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I did write it today, and I wrote 2022, and mm. of course had to scratch it out. But yeah, anyways, you can just mm. you can make that two into a three. Okay, you know right. what I mean. You're right. Just a three would be a little bigger, and, you know. Right. You could, yeah. Yeah, but I've had to do that. You don't have to waste a check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm not writing checks. Yeah, oh. checks. What's you that? are. Yeah, what's a check? I don't know. We're, I'm, I type checks, but oh, okay. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's just not three of us today in here. No. Your uh, better half is here. She is. This is uh, Ashley Klassen's debut on the Common Folk Podcast. Hey, debut. Welcome debut. to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you can see she's got a lot of uh, pull in the Klassen household because I'm converted to a part of the Bills Mafia, the Buffalo Bills fan base. I know. You today. guys are twin in here. Oh, it's cool. cute. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, you know... My sports allegiance, like hardcore, mm-hmm. goes to the Huskers, and then it goes, it tears down from there. So, like, I wasn't born in Chicago. I, I'm not. I don't have an allegiance to the Windy City. So, if the Bears are doing great, great. And if they're not, well, that's okay. You, you know, like, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how did you pick the Bears? I forget. Have you ever said this? Was it your dad's thing? Uh, no, is a. Uh, when I was really, really little, my first pack of baseball cards were actually football cards. And my favorite card in that pack, and we're talking like when I was seven years old, was it the Chicago Bear running back. And it just stuck with me, and that's what it was. I oh, don't know. and it, you it, never reverted no, like to anything no. else. Well, sh- shortly thereafter that, they had a really fun team that won the Super Bowl. They're all wearing sunglasses. Oh, this, that helps. Yeah, they did this zany song called The Super Bowl Shuffle, and they're really cool, <laughs> you know, and wearing chains, gold chains. Yeah, so I'm like, that's who I want to be like. Yeah. I could see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then why do you pick the Bills, Ashley? I have family in Buffalo. Okay. When I was a kid, my grandpa lived there, and like that sometimes he'd send us things, Buffalo Bills, everything. And I've been there a few times. So just kind of naturally yeah. got into it. Plus when I was like a little kid, they were they were good, kind of. I mean Oh, they're good, pretty good. Good this at year, being though. the number one mm-hmm. loser back then. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fun that so many years of being a fan since then and they just kind of sucked and now now they're doing well. And so that's pretty neat for me. Okay, but what about the kids? Is the house divided? Kids don't know really yet. Like but Ozzy, Ozzy, a little bit. He's getting in there. He's getting, and when we're watching football, he'll be like, which team are we? Are we the blue one or the red <laughs> one? You know, and so we have to tell him, well, in this game, we don't really care. Or in this mm-hmm. game, we're going to root for the blue team, you know. Yeah. So who's going to try harder to get 
you know, I don't know. I don't think either of us going to try real hard. And like that's Uncle how my Jared. parents were. You know who oh, it's going to be? Yeah, is yeah. Uncle Jared. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to so. be Carolina Panthers fans. <laughs> oh, so they're going to be neither. And that's a fun blue color. So there that's you go. your that's your co-host. Yes, Jabron. Oh, <laughs> um, where's the line? Uh, WTL. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's been a wild ride too. We've had a couple uh, short videos kind of go viral, and it's been fun to hear the. Uh, you know, the feedback and stuff like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And uh, I always love it when we get the pick wrong and it's our fault. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> people you blame think you. you? Know by now, yeah. you spend every week <laughs> buried in it. I mean, come on. I tell people we're right half the time. What yeah. more do you want? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, come on. Yeah. You're like the weather guys. We're better than the weather guys. Okay. I, I, I will say that. Okay. You mentioned earlier the Huskers, and I got this beer you gave me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Another microbrewery out, out of Nebraska here. Dear Old Nebraska Brew. That's a play on Dear Old Nebraska You, the fight song. Yep. Now, that is something Ozzy and Kimber are on board with. They both Huskers. Huskers. Yeah. They always say, which one's the Huskers? Who are we cheering for? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they do, they have that down. Okay, good. Yeah. So yeah. This, they say they're the official beer of Nebraska alumni. Mm-hmm. Kind of zip a, line in Lincoln. Yeah, kind of a work around there, you know, because mm-hmm. you can't be affiliated with a bunch of student athletes that aren't old enough to drink. Yeah. Oh, so what do you do? But alumni. There you go. They are 21 and older. Yeah. But it's all right for the athletes to be collecting money from everyone else under the sun and all that. But no, don't bring the beer around. <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> and <laughs> I I saw a bunch of tweets today. Uh, our big collective, that's what these groups, these millionaires, that they get into what's called a collective. And that's how they funnel money to players. Mm-hmm. They've signed like a half dozen Nebraska football players. Well, duh. Sounds know? about right. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Wonder how many of those guys own breweries oh, or distributors. I, yeah, I bet. I bet they got their hands in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ohio State coach said in the preseason, and I think he's about right, that to have a competitive team but not get in trouble, you know, uh, your roster should you should spend about ten million dollars on your football roster. Oh wow. my god! So there you go. That's your that's then that's just to be competitive. That's if you want to win a conference championship and have a chance at a good bowl game, ten million is the going rate. That's and that's wild. not that's not new. That's just now it's out in the open. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no one's ever put a number on it. Not like that. Not just transparent. Like this is what's going to take boys. Gotcha. But I mean that's been the way it's been for a while now. Everyone's known that. Hmm. Yeah, that's well, crazy. It yeah. is. It is crazy. I mean, speaking of sports. Oh, yes. Let's get into it, right? Yeah. So Ashley is the head volleyball coach at the local high school here. Uh, She's also a science teacher. What do you got? A major in biology, minor in chemistry. (laughs) It's a master in biology, but whatever. Come on. Selling her short. My God. You're right. I forgot. forgot. Master in curriculum and instruction, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Do you even know her? I forgot about the, okay, I knew it was a master's if I would have thought about it. He blacked out those years. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. I did too. Those were fun years. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot For of For somebody, effort, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, but there's there's a lot on your plate, not only on the teaching side where, I mean, you're, you're doing anatomy, you're doing biology, obviously that's your master's, you're doing chemistry, and some of those courses are, get college credits now. Yeah, right. AP Biology can get ten credit hours. So I mean, I think that in itself would be difficult enough. Like I wouldn't want to try and tackle anything like that. But in the last few years, you've also taken on the responsibility of being the head volleyball coach. Yes. So how many years was it? This was my fourth season. Fourth. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. I couldn't remember if it was, I don't know why I was thinking it was like eight or something like that. No. I did coach at the middle school for 11 years. Okay. So, and I was also an official for 11 years while I was doing that. But once you switch over to the high school realm, you can't really do the officiating thing anymore. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So officiating for high school. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, that has nothing to do with club. No. Okay. That's just another thing. That's another animal. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Mm -hmm. So I would like to, what are we doing here? I just got a buzz. I was trying to see if it was that, but oh, yeah. right, carry on. All right. But uh, so like we had that conversation with Johnson Hobbs, you yeah. know, what mm -hmm. is coaching? And it was one of our more popular podcasts, which he was terrific. You oh, know, yeah. We, you know, Solid. We, had, yeah. we ended up doing a couple podcasts with him over the yeah. summer. So I'd kind of like to dive back into it from another angle uh, on the female sports side of it, because there's got to be some differences there. And with Ashley, she's got the perspective of being an official and then becoming a coach. And we all know not only in Nebraska and the Midwest, but nationwide, and it's worse on the West Coast and East Coast, there's a shortage of officials. Sure. And uh, there's a lot of reasons or factors to that. So I'd like to get Ashley's yeah. take on that. <laughs> it was fascinating. I had a really good buddy I told you about uh, was back in town, Toby. Oh, yeah. He's been out in Las Vegas now for a few years. That you reconnected with, right? Yeah, yep. And he's a high school football coach. And his his he came from the other angle when I never heard it before. He's like, these officials are so protected now. You can't even talk to them without them throwing a flag on you. And it's like usually people are defending the officials. And he's coming from a coaching side where he, he's obviously got a few fouls, you know, 15-yard oh, penalties thrown on yeah. him for maybe too aggressively <laughs> confronting an official. Yeah. And he thinks it's gone too far the other direction. And I can see that. It. Things always seem to go to the extreme one way or the other. So, I mean, I just think it would be good to hear from Ashley here on not only the coaching and what is coaching, but the officiating thing is what I'm really yeah, for sure. uh, fascinated with. Because my dad was a 25-year official, both high school football, basketball, and he did some college too. Was he involved in um, education? No. No, nope. just, just, just officiating? Just, just officiating, yep. Because it seems like um, – like the coaches and, and, and the folks that you see you're like really heavily involved in the high school teams or whatever are also involved on the education side. Right. But it's Often. not required. Like you don't no. have to be to be a head high school coach. It kind of depends on the administration because oh. um, with our administration, my high school principal wants the head coach in the building. Like okay. that is his actual preference. However, it doesn't always work out that way. So he'll he'll be flexible on it. But he was also at the middle school when I was coaching there. And I since I was a teacher at the high school, he didn't want to make me a head coach down at the middle school because I was a high school employee. He'd prefer the middle school teachers to be the high school or the head coach. Okay. And so that was a preference. I mean, I think it is just like a preference thing. Yeah. And so now that I'm at the high school, and so, of course, I am easily selected for the head position because I am a teacher in the building. Like, right. that's, that's generally the preference. Mm -hmm. And when I did need a new assistant this year, I, I requested permission to recruit outside of the building because I knew the high school teachers and I, I had a specific thing in mind that I, someone in mind that I wanted and I had to, I had to go ask if I could ask outside. someone outside of the building to apply huh. because, you know, he, he really likes them in the building, but it's not obviously not required. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the first things that comes to mind for me, I'm just curious and I 
I'm not saying this is how it is. I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Do is part of the reason for that because you're you're an educator. You're in the system. You're on payroll. That's already happening. So then, if we have you do something extra, like you might get a little extra pay or whatever, you might have a little bit extra benefits as opposed to if we are going to hire somebody from the outside. We can't just have that little extra that's going to go to them. That's going to be more of a full on. Right, pay. right. So is there any of that going on? Um, Probably like logistics. Budgetary type stuff. Logistics and, are always there. But yeah. also I think we just like to show this, like we are the high school that we are. And we are committed to our students, whether they are in the classroom or whether they are on the court or mm-hmm. on the field or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it shows like an overall, these are my kids kind of ownership. Kind of like a homegrown type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good way to go about it. And I think years ago... That's how all high schools kind of had some type of a rule or regulations mm-hmm. to that. Like you had to be uh, an educator or an administrator for that high school. And then you saw a lot of the private schools who were recruiting or whatever they were doing, but they got so much better in athletics than all the public schools. And they they didn't have to have teachers as coaches. They just got mm-hmm. the best freaking coach in town, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. So then you started seeing that in Omaha and then Lincoln where they really loosened it up and Hey, if you want to go get the best guy out there, go get him, you know, and we'll figure the rest out. Mm-hmm. But Plattsmith is still a little old school in that they want, they at least want that to be kind of that home, homegrown feel. Yeah. I think that's a good way to do it. I really do. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, in growing up, my dad was a coach and he ref too. So that's all I knew. He taught at the school. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's normal. But mm-hmm. To what you're saying, I think yeah. it has becoming like with any other sport, it's more competitive. Let's bring this guy in. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. But I do think there's something to say for like, they're your people. We're at this school. We have, you know, this staff doing it. There's something to say You're for invested that. in the kids yeah. more than just an athlete or just mm-hmm. a football player or, or whatever. And, and I've seen it a lot, especially since I've started doing a lot of games. Coaches go in and out the door that don't that have nothing to do with campus everyday campus life you know that aren't on that that aren't a teacher that aren't even a pe teacher or whatever you know mm-hmm. what i mean um but those guys they they can't connect with the kids the kids don't react to them they don't play for them uh, and i've seen a lot of that especially in you know the bigger cities whether that be omaha or lincoln mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think there's a lot to be said for how Plattsmith is trying to do it but then there's also the other side so i wanted an assistant but it's like, okay, who else in this building has volleyball background that's interested in this? And it's like, mm-hmm. we don't just want to, you know, get a body to take yeah. a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. okay, hey, well, this guy down the hall, yeah. you know, the history teacher over here, he might do it with he me. He knows but... how to throw a ball. but <laughs> Right, right. But he couldn't tell you anything about the sport. Uh-huh. And so when I asked if I could maybe look outside the building, please let me go recruit some help that I, I wanted someone who played volleyball in college. Okay. And because I wanted to bring new drills. I wanted to bring up-to-date info because I hadn't played for, you know, I hadn't played high school volleyball since the late 90s. And yeah. so it was kind of a big deal to get somebody younger than that. And I went and got an alumni. So that was also kind of a big deal too. That's, that's a good perspective because, yeah. you know, you have, um, like you said, uh, the coach who did this and did it well when mm-hmm. they were at, you know, in their prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But things have changed. Things oh, always change. Huge. So much different than yeah. when I was in high school. And when I tell the kids, I'm like, listen, when I played volleyball in high school, we we played to 15 and it wasn't rally score. Mm-hmm. They were like, what do you mean it wasn't rally score? Yeah. <laughs> I have to explain how we did it back then. Yep. 
It's and so rally true. score is just how volleyball is played. Every time the ball hits the ground, it's a point. Yep. But back uh-huh. in the day, you had to be serving to score that point. And man, games would take forever. But you only went to 15. Yeah. So. I know. Yeah, you're not going to 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. But there man. could have been a long time of back and forth, though. Like, no right. point, no point, Some no point. Great. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. And I also mm-hmm. saw one time in Lynch, you know, uh, shout out Lynch. And it was a JV game. But Kimmy Black, Kimberly Black, my old babysitter, served all 15 in a row. <laughs> all 15 <laughs> really? points. Smashed it. On that Boom. side, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. You remember? Shout out Kim Black. Do you think she? Li- <laughs> do you think she listens? Oh, I know she does. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. All Mo- right. Well, most people do. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> pretty kind typical. of a big deal now. So with refing, how did you decide to get into that? I'm curious. That and was you doing that for 11 years. Yeah, that was a long time. Yes, that was a long time. It was. Uh, that was a financial decision. Okay, I was going to say, but was <laughs> the so money decent? Oh, absolutely. Refing. Be- absolutely. Okay. Before mm-hmm. we get into refing, let's take a quick break. Oh. Okay. Um, and then we'll come back on that topic. Cool? All okay. right. Cool. That's great. All right. Okay. Thanks for sticking around, everyone. Uh, this break was originally intended to give a shout out to our sponsors. Um, but as you may have picked up on in that first section, we were uh, talking a fair amount about football. Um Andy and Ashley both being Bills fans. And to elaborate a little bit on that, that night that we recorded, uh, after recording, we all went out to dinner, went to a sports bar, just wanted to hang out a little bit. Um, the Bills and the Bengals were going to be playing it's Monday night football. So we're going to have a little, have a fun time, um, have some wings, hang out a little bit. Um, little did we know what was going to happen, and, and most of you listening to this now um, are familiar so we're watching the game, we're waiting on our food, and that hit happens. Uh, DeMar Hamlin gets hit pretty hard. Um, I mean, fairly hard. You know, it wasn't uh, any harder than any other hit I've seen, I guess. But um, from what we're hearing now, hit in just the right place at the right time um, and collapses on the field. And then uh, it's pretty evident on the screen that there's some out of the ordinary things going on. We start getting reports of CPR and uh, the ambulances on the field and so on and so forth. So no matter what you believe uh, did or did not happen, um, that's not that's not the point of this. What the point is is that is to recognize the fact that um, this man was was severely injured and uh, and that we from common folk are hoping and praying that uh, he will recover and that his family is doing okay. The second point of this, which is not a whole lot of what I'm hearing on national media and the national outlets uh, that we wanted to point out from a common folk perspective is to um, recognize and give thanks for the first responders on the scene. I haven't heard a lot about that and being involved in a local fire department myself currently in EMT testing, uh, having grown up around it, my father being a paramedic and police officer, um, I know what goes into that. And a lot of you listening know what goes into that. Uh, bottom line is that everything that we know at this point, those folks saved that young man's life. Um, they were well-trained, well-equipped, swift, and, uh, and did everything they needed to do um, to restore his heartbeat, 
and to get him to the closest medical facility as, as quickly as possible, quickly and, and, and as efficiently as possible. So while I'm seeing a lot of reports and candlelight vigils and so on and so forth for Mr. DeMar Hamlin, which I do believe are warranted, um, you know, it's people caring for people. Um, so, so I'm glad to see folks get behind that. I'm glad to see rival teams get behind that. Um, but while I'm seeing that, I'm not seeing a whole lot talking about um, all the other things that went into that. And uh, and I just want to make sure that we made that point. Um, secondly, these kinds of things, you know, injuries, heart attacks, heart failures, um, deaths, whatever the case may be, they happen every day. And th- this one happened to be nationally televised um, and a sports figure, you know, that a lot of people look up to. So naturally, um, our people are really rallying behind it. Uh, I, I saw a, uh, a sportscaster, a newscaster the other day, literally taking the time to say a prayer on air for DeMar Hamlin, for the NFL, for, for people to, um, to be able to handle this properly, um, to heal. And, and I totally agree with that. I, I think that, I think that was awesome to see that guy do that and take that time and, um, and make that commitment and put himself out there for that. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board with it, but what I don't understand is, again, these things happen every day. That same reporter very well may have, just within the last week or two, reported on some other death. The death of a police officer, the death of a firefighter, um, the death of, of one of our soldiers, uh, you know, overseas. I mean, just any number of things. And did not decide to say a prayer. So I, I think the point of this is, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here, that everyone's thinking about what really matters and what that is, is, is life and health and happiness. And people such as DeMar Hamlin deserve that. Um, everything that I know, uh, and so do all of these other upstanding folks in our community that are real heroes that stick up for us every single day. So I just, I just want to take a minute. I want to make sure everyone recognizes that I do not in any way want to discount what happened on the football field that day. Um, these kinds of injuries and life and death are very, very serious. And many of our people listening, um, and, and us included, our, our children participate in these sports. It could happen to any one of them at any time. And we, we hope and pray that it does not. But I want to make sure that everyone's got their heads on straight and understands we should be feeling this way about so many people and so many things, giving thanks, giving prayers, lifting them up, supporting the families. Um, it's just it's just the right thing to do. It's the common folk thing to do. Most people listening probably don't even need to be told this. If you're listening to the common folk, if you are a common folk, you probably already feel this way. I don't think there's anybody pointing it out. Um, maybe for good reason, maybe not. I guess we'll find out after this if, if people come on and, and blast us for this kind of thing. But I don't feel like we're saying anything negative. 
Um, we're just pointing out the fact that what's going on is warranted, but, you know, folks need to also understand that this same kind of effort and energy needs to put, be put towards so many other things that we see in the world today, um, in our society, in our small towns. So anyway, um, that was a long-winded break there. Um, appreciate you hearing me out. Um, again, um, thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Um, I haven't heard anything here in the last day or two other than he's in critical condition, but they do have um, vitals restored. So sounds like he's he's on the up and up, uh, or on the come up anyway. Um so that I guess that's basically all that we have. Thanks again. Um let's get back to listening to uh Ashley and um and moving on to some referee speak. Okay, so getting back into um refereeing and officiating, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious how it's like why? Or you said financial. It was all a financial decision. Refing is they pay well. They pay really, really well. And you can pretty much pick and choose what you're going to do. And um, like we're talking if you did a reserve JV varsity duel one night, you're going to make a $140 check for that evening. Um, okay. So that's pretty big. And I didn't like high pressure stuff. And I told I told the commissioner that. So when she would give me assignments, I would not take high pressure things. So it was pretty easy for me. It's not something I loved doing. I didn't love it because it's high high pressure regardless. You know, just being right. up on display. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's intimidating. I bet. So you didn't want to do like <coughs> state on oh, God, camera. No. But, none of that. But your I did sister's not apply for the that. opposite. She was. We were watching TV at Deer Camp one time. You're like, hey, I think my sister's doing this game, and she was. <laughs> she was officiating the game down at state. Yeah, she's got thicker skin than me. Yeah, I was yeah. not interested in that. I was not interested. You you have to apply for districts okay. and that sort of thing. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I was I was ready to be done when regular season was done. Okay. It was just it was for you know money decision. Yeah, and I think it's a thing that keeps you sharp. And yeah. I still do it. I still do at the lead center. I still do. Oh, like do you? Rec league. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that still pays well. I mean, yeah. one match, twenty bucks cash. Yeah. So, and a, a match takes like 40 minutes. Uh-huh. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do it for that reason. And I started it for money. And it was just nice to kind of stay in. I kind of liked it in a way, but also it's, <laughs> it's just, it's stressful. It is very stressful because you're like, oh my God, what if I screw up? Or yeah, it, it's not like a job that you can go to in daydream or have a conversation <laughs> oh, with no. people. You, you go there. On. And you just you watch a game and you're very quiet and you don't talk to people and the time doesn't pass quickly. You you got to be focused and pay attention to everything. It probably in I mean within all that too. I mean I'm, I would imagine there's some politics in there because you if you're seen chatting it up with one of the other parents or something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> then all of a sudden like oh well great yeah. now the uh-huh. now the ref's gonna call it for them is yeah because i think a, that right now when it, i see like a ref i'll be like oh really you're talking to the other see, yeah. <laughs> right right <laughs> like is it, really is it called a, a ref in volleyball yeah okay, yeah that's the official, official ref whatever ref, okay. mm-hmm. 
So yeah, so you've got that that you'd have to deal with. So yes. like you said, I mean, you got to be very middle of the road. You can't be all. I mean, like, you wear black and white for a reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they even have the line judges nowadays wearing black and white. Well, oh, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Huh. They even, like them to wear that. And even though, like you said, the low pressure. YMCA rec ball stuff. You still got to be careful because those teams like that's still oh, their dude, game. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be yeah. fighting in the alley. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are probably and it's usually <laughs> Ashley's fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's different with each sport because I I have reffed with a girl that did basketball, and I don't know anything about basketball, but she said after basketball games, like they come scoop you up and escort you to your own private room mm. immediately afterwards because yeah. they don't mm. they don't want anybody talking to you, nothing. With yeah. the with the volleyball officials it's a little more low key. Conversations with people and things like that, depending on, you know, the That's coaches. exactly what I was thinking about too when you were saying that earlier is and I was gonna ask you, like, if you know the difference in intensity between each sport because we're pretty heavily involved in basketball with Joel. He loves playing. We're out watching games all the time. And I feel like almost every game someone's bitching about the ref. Almost every game. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But I have never watched a volleyball game. I mean, we've been, I don't know that we, because none of our kids played, but we've definitely watched on TV Mm -hmm. and we've been Mm -hmm. around them. And yeah. I and I went to him when you played. Yeah. And I never remember a single person bitching about the ref at volleyball. I think there's fewer subjective calls in yeah. volleyball. Yeah. I think it's pretty definitely like like everything's yeah. pretty objective. Like you either touched the net or you didn't. Yeah. And I mean yeah. there are some subjective calls, like whether it was a lift or a double contact, but you've got two refs looking at each other, they're gonna send signals if they mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. and you can kinda like almost converse with your eyes for a split second to decide what you're gonna do. Yeah. And, and so there's, you know, in basketball, you've got the fouls, you've got all sorts of things mm-hmm. like that. And so I think a little more subjective calls in basketball, and that's going to get you a little more heat from, from excited fans. Yes, yeah. For sure. <clears throat> Next time you watch a high-profile basketball game, I don't care if it's college, pro, or even high school, those officials, as soon as the buzzer hits, they run. They sprint to the corner of the gym, wherever their locker room oh, is. Oh, I'm going to watch now. I never it, would have noticed yeah. that. And that's it's what that part, you would my notice. partner told me. Yeah. She said that yeah. when they're done, the minute the game's over, they would just scoop them up and like the athletic director takes them Because their... someone might come to them and yeah. bitch to them about mm-hmm. a call? Unfortunately, yeah. there's been some real ugly situations across the nation uh, with high school basketball refs. And he, I just saw a thing come across uh, – Facebook reels or something where uh, like a little league umpire rung a kid up, struck him out, and a uh, dad came out on the field and punched him. Punched <gasps> the official in oh the gosh. face on the Good field. Oh, my gosh. So like there's been a few instances like that in high school basketball. So just the best way to do it, everybody on the same page, refs, get your butts off the court. Okay. Yeah. You know? I could see like a soda yeah. being thrown or like food yeah. at the refs. But yeah. We're, we're encouraged, punch. though. Um, as an official, they were like, you go out to the parking lot together. You never go by yourself. Sure. So we were always encouraged. So when you, you know, when you're getting ready to leave, it's just kind of common knowledge as you're getting your stuff packed up and the other ref is, you're yep. both just watching each other because you're going to, you know, you're going to walk out together and you just wow. always do that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what do you got over there? Second half. Mm. Uh, ran out of dear old Nebraska brew, so good old bush light, bush latte. Mm-hmm. Put the bush. Yep. Your blue yummies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, it, that's a crazy thing. Like I've always said, and uh, Morgan will vouch for this. You know, when it comes to refereeing, officiating, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I think that that's part of the game. Like I think it's 
I think it's yeah. a necessary part of the game. Like whatever call that official made is the call that they made. And if it changed the direction of the game, it changed the direction of the game. Because he hates man. the instant replay stuff. I was right? gonna say, is that absolutely yeah. hates yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's I think it's something that you should grow up understanding and getting used to and understand that it's you don't get a second chance. Like it's what ha- what has happened has happened. Now make the decision and move on so. on how you're gonna get back at it. Oh my God! You're saying there's a human <laughs> element to humans playing a human game, right? Oh, geez. Right? Get yeah, hundred percent. I like, I like yeah. that perspective because I mean we don't get that in high school. That yeah. is how that goes, it is. and you got to rise above it. That's what you I do. preach yep. to my athletes. Like, hey, this is there's a lot of momentum in this game, and you got to rise above that. And we shouldn't be in a position where the official is determining the game. Yep. Ever. Wow, yep. what a grown up thing. You guys are way off the rock. I'm going to go on the other end here. <laughs> yeah. No, but mm-hmm. like there's a huge push right now, like in the NFL, to put a sensor in the football. So as soon as that uh, football crosses the end zone, the plane, the line, it uh, the little sensor goes off sure and it's good. a touchdown. So there's no question yeah. as to whether that's a touchdown or not. Yeah. And so you can kind of see that like all these blown calls and there's one that just happened this weekend where the guy was tackled clearly in front of – the end zone, but the officials who had a bad angle called it a touchdown. That changes the game. Yeah. You know, and there I can see it a little bit more where these are the pros. This isn't learning anymore. This isn't high school. Um, Yeah. But I still like the human element of it. It, And I think that's, I think that's just one of those things that you have to understand what you're getting yourself into when you're, Mm -hmm. when you decide that you're going to try to go to the next level and whatever else. Like, I don't think you should have that crust to fall back on of like, well, the computers will figure it out. Like, you know, whatever. Like, I think that should be part of your plan. Exactly, and that you you took me to a place that I want I, I wanted to go to anyway with the with the replay. Even in volleyball now, I feel like the officiating is getting kind of lazy and not as sharp or as good because they know, hey, let's not make a call or let's just call it a touchdown. That way, we can go back to replay, and if it's not, no harm, no foul. We'll just mm-hmm. uh, do you think it's it for? I was thinking it's for more of the excitement and people. The game, like people watching it and being like, they want that yeah. numbers, you know, for the TV. Is it? Well, that's or another, no. That's another thing that has stolen a lot of live sports is now that we, and this is the NFL, now that every single touchdown play, no matter what, is reviewed. So an official calls a touchdown, the, the fans all cheer, yay. But then there's this period where we got to wait for this video to go to New York, the control center, then come back to wherever the game's at, and then the officials can officially call it a touchdown. That sucks. Yeah. So I think that, number one, first of all, what are these people called? We've already gone down this road. They're the official. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. That means that they are the end of the line. They're the ones that make the call. It's done. Move on. Right, right. Maybe New York people are called official officials. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just saying. Got to get in that room. But in my in my opinion, that should be where the buck stops. And what yeah. has happened is these 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 folks. You again used to be the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't matter. No, like it's it it in pro sports like that. It's kind of gotten to the point where it's like we have these people that used to do it as a career. You know, mm-hmm. they, I mean, we're like full professional that's been doing it for so long. Take a lot of pride in it. All these kinds of things. Well, now, I mean, why couldn't you just have some college kid do it? Because you can just yeah. review it on the yeah. on the thing. Just call it a catch. Just call it a touchdown. Let it go to review. Yeah, you know? it's just they've gotten they've gotten so far from 
I think what it was meant to be, and there's no doubt that if you go back in history where before um, video replay, yes, yeah. that that you could with beyond the shadow of a doubt say, man, that was a bad call. But guess what? Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And things went the way they went and move on. It's also kind of part of the fun for me was, you know, like a rivalry I don't care about. New York Yankees and, and Boston Red Sox. I hope they lose every game from here on out in baseball. <laughs> I don't care about either of them. <laughs> but those two teams hate each other so much, they're kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And if it was a bad call, you know, the other fan base is just quick to Twitter or quick to rah. Mm. And now – you know, that all dies down so quick because the official, official call, yeah. <laughs> you know, comes down within a few minutes. But it used to be fun. And I would say if you talk to a guy from Boston or New York that they could go back and argue, they could still argue that call that you didn't deserve to win that game. Mm-hmm. Well, you've stolen that. You've stolen that from yeah. a fan base. Yeah. You've stolen that from baseball. Now you can't yeah. go back and argue that yeah. anymore. Right. What this makes me think of, though, so what kind of training? I mean, is there a ton of testing and training and it makes for, me think of yeah for officiating and I guess other sports. I mean, we don't know about that, but like mm-hmm. how many classes and how many hours you have to keep up on stuff. Well, um, it's it's kind of molded over okay. the years. It is. Um, when I first started, every year we had like a meeting where we'd go over the new rules and stuff. And when I was first in it, um, there wasn't much for training because so desperate for volleyball mm-hmm. officials yeah. and. Um, it was like, hey, you know the sport? Okay, let's go. We're going to practice at a scrimmage. And uh, the commissioner is walking around, and she's, like, helping me tweak things. Like, okay, Ashley, she touched the net. Every every time she touches the net, that is a call in high school ball. That is a call. I'm like, I know, I know. She's like, well, you didn't call it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Like, Oops, okay. Hi, I'm new here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And And so there's, like, that. But beyond that, it is more like – we're going to put you on a middle school game. That is your training. So, you know, it kind of sucks for, you know, middle schoolers. You're not getting like a great rep. You might be getting an absolute newbie and they're going to run this game, but that's, you know, middle school. So it moves a little slower pace. So it's fine. And get over it. Learn that it is a human (laughs) con, the the game. Yep. Yep. And then you upgrade to like JV and reserve tournaments on the weekend, and then eventually you're doing those big varsity games. Okay. And actually, it's funny because the varsity games are sometimes easier because the volleyball is cleaner. I was just going to yeah. say it's and, cleaner. And, and yeah. you know when the, when the setter sets that ball, it's like it's either definitely she double contacted or she didn't. And, yep. you know, so... Um, it's kind of neat though. Officiating has gone in a direction where they're like trying to relax a little bit on that double contact rule. So you're not trying to make as much of a subjective call because they're saying, let it go, let them play volleyball, call the things like net, call the things like ball down, you know, that sort of that thing. Are very Pay attention clear to calls. the, the actual athleticism here. Not, we're not going to split hairs over that setter. Okay. When I first started officiating I felt like we watched the setters a lot and that was the most stressful part trying to determine whether that setter double contacted Mm. that ball or not and it used to be like did it spin more than twice okay then call it and then it's like or did she better the ball did she make it better than her teammate who spun it towards her and she bettered it and it was still spinning but not as bad oh gosh yeah was it an athletic move like you can usually I don't know. Kind of tell it's, yeah, but it's tough. It's, it's getting tough. pretty subjective, there, isn't it? Yes, it's you it, know, it, it's, it got too subjective, and it's putting the officials kind of in harm's way there, uh-huh. you know. Or and some would 
call that. Some others wouldn't. So mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that they relax that. And it is uh, great because you can that. still play volleyball and still set the ball spinning, mm-hmm. and it still be an athletic mm-hmm. move. I used to, I used to ref this coach. She stressed me out <laughs> every, like every time, the other setter would contact the ball. This other coach would stand up and throw her fingers up, and I'm like, no, I don't think that was a double contact. We're just going to keep going. Good try. Thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's little things like that that make it kind of stressful. But So I've never asked you, but what has been your biggest takeaway or advantage, something that you've taken from the official side, being an official, and then taking that to the coaching side, like how officials want to be treated, verbiage that you want to hear, or like words you definitely don't want to hear oh, as a question. coach? You know, like – well, what's been your biggest, I would say, advantage from being mm-hmm. an official and now being a coach? Because there's got to be something. Well, I can educate my players and parents a lot better. Um, we always have a beginning of the year meeting, and mm-hmm. I do, where we have parents and players in there, and I do tell them, hey, I did this for 11 years. I was an official for 11 years, and I'm going to tell you some things about officiating right now. <laughs> They're not going to get nicer to your team if you are screaming at them. Imagine that, yeah. right? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I always not, but guys, yeah. it feels good sometimes yeah. being in the crowd and being like, charge. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You're not going to reverse a call typically. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's pretty that, hard to reverse a call. The only ones that are going to reverse the call are the other officials on the court. If like a line judge comes up and says, hey, actually that was on the ground, you know, and then mm-hmm. the, the call will get reversed. And that, that happens occasionally. Or maybe the up ref overrules the line judge. But I yeah. do educate my kids. That single thing that you, that you said right there. <laughs> Your I've face said was so times. smiley. Like, like <laughs> stop. You, like these parents. I mean, we've been around sports our, our whole life, and we've mm-hmm. got. And I get a little more animated than old. him. Yeah, so yeah. we've huh. been we've been guess? doing this for seventeen, eighteen years, probably with yeah. kids yeah, going yeah. to sports, mm-hmm. and that's always been the number one thing. Someone just starts hollering on the sidelines, and I'm like, yeah. Do you think you're going to change this? <laughs> the call has been made. Shut up. And the only thing that you're doing is making them even more pissed yeah. at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only are you not getting your way, you're making them more mad so that you're not going to get your way even more the next time. The next call. Yeah. Now, I will say, I'm going to go on the other side of the fence here, okay? Because okay. especially in college, I, I hung out with a rowdy bunch, right? You know, well, we've to- heard, Toby yeah. included. Right. And we would go to... Peru State baseball games and basketball games, and we'd have our own like little student section crowd, right? And we'd get pretty rowdy. And one of the games it was a it was a basketball game where Peru State was doing pretty good that year, had a pretty good squad, and a, a higher class team came in. Um, and my parents were down, and we watched the first half, and I was with them, and like, look, guys, I gotta go. I gotta go with my boys here for the second half. And we got right behind the basket where they would be shooting free throws. And we were hooping and hollering about everything. And we were riding those officials <laughs> like hard, you know, and just it was, it was fun. It was fun spirited stuff. But, you know, we were letting the officials have it. Um, but nothing wild, nothing crazy, and a lot of cuss words or anything like that. Um, but after the game, dad goes, You know what? You guys did a really good job down there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you, you at least got two or three calls out of that. You guys did good. <laughs> that was an official who does really? that. 
level of uh, college basketball, and he was straight up admitting that you know you you swayed those guys a couple times, yeah, underneath mm-hmm. the rim. But that's different than parents. Yeah. Oh, you, agreed. You know, at a little league game yes. or something. That was more. I was just about to say that is very different. Yeah, way <laughs> different. Way, but so there's a time and a place for everything. There is I guess, because you know? I feel like I mean, right? I mean, I guess I'm just thinking of basketball again mm-hmm. when you know someone touched it and the ref looks at somebody and then yeah. let's say it's my team mm-hmm. and I'm like off white <laughs> like that might help them pick yeah. that it's off of white if I just said oh, I'll be honest I as a coach you disagree when, no when oh, I'm okay. pacing when I, I pace yeah. the sideline mm-hmm. and ball gets hit you know coming from the opposing team lands on my side of the court and, I'm, and my girl lets it, lets it go out because she's watching it's going out and I'm a cheer. I'm a cheer what it, no matter what it does. I get excited because maybe that mm-hmm. line judge couldn't quite tell, but me jumping up and down on the sideline over here, maybe she's <laughs> yeah. going to put that flag up and huh? say, oh, yep, it, was, it out. was out. It was out. Look at this coach. She's pumped. I, I think <laughs> I think there's absolutely a piece to that. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to sell it. I was there. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I've been on both bit. sides, and I, yeah. I try to sell it like that. And If, if you're going to sell it, for sure. But 99.9% of people – do not want to get attacked and are going to immediately get defensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah. if you're out there like, oh, yeah, you know, getting, like you said, getting excited, whatever, like I've seen some mm-hmm. of our coaches do that. Yeah. And, uh, and we've talked about this on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Osborne, right? Yeah. Why yeah. was he so good at what he did? Yep. And that, that was a article that was in, published in the Omaha World Herald, the Nebraska's number one newspaper for a number of years, where it was like the, the psychology of Dr. Tom and how he never, ever yelled at an official but he got more calls than anyone because he was working them so hard just being kind of kind being nice respectful but he was letting them know like oh man that was a that was a tough call there and it didn't go our way and i I understand where you're coming from but (laughs) maybe we can get the next one like he would hammer that in the fourth quarter like nebraska would get 10 of the next 11 calls because he was so nice exactly understanding i i am so good to my officials and even even if i cheer when that ball hit in on my court and they call it in, I'm like, I'll look at my girls. I'm like, I, I knew that was in, you guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it was fine. Or yeah. if it was out and I thought it was out and they called it in, I, I just button up immediately. I can't mm. I can't do it. Yeah. I'll steam and I'll look at my girls and they, they know how I feel about treating the officials. They understand that we, we don't get upset. I'm like, it's not going to change it. And I'll just look at him and be like, mentally, next point. We are going next point. We cannot focus yeah. on that point. We are yeah. not putting this game in the officials' hands. Maybe we should have gone for it if we were unsure. I also feel like, um, and, and this will never happen, but if parents and fans would just shut up and let the coaches work with the officials, then you could kind of work your plan. Mm-hmm. So like we, in, in my example of this, and maybe you'll understand a little bit, is our current um, son's basketball coach, and I don't know. He, he probably doesn't listen. No, to this, does he, he doesn't. <laughs> maybe he'll maybe he'll start listening. A little. Uh, he's we'll anim- tag him. He's way animated. Dude's animated. Okay, but has gotten kicked out before. Oh well, my! I mean, that hap- this kind of thing happens here and there when things get really crazy. But I think that he would be super successful. He is successful. I'm just saying. I think he would be more successful if the parents would just shut up. 
and the and the refs aren't getting it from the parents and from him. Mm. Like if he could just work. I don't think us his, parents are that bad, honestly. Yeah, but stuff comes years it, ago. Uh, well, you'll just have to start listening because it, it is like it, years ago it was worse. Sure, okay. but people do get pissed. That was a horrible call. He was traveling. You, what? Well, and the can, coach can feeds off get, that too. The how, coach yeah. feeds off that too. How come we don't? Yeah. How come we're not getting any foul calls? You know? Oh, finally you called one. You know, like shit yeah. like that constantly. If people would just let the coach do their thing, they they could work that court the way they want to, and they wouldn't have the additional element of the parents either making it better or worse mm-hmm. or whatever. I think, think that's a huge piece. Do you think coaches feed off parents? It depends on the coach okay. because uh, I had an instance once where the between sets the officials came over to me to say, "Listen." Your team, your bench is about to receive a yellow card, and I said, "Uh, why? Like, my, they're they're great." And they said, "You've got some parents back there." I was like, "Oh, but I apparently, with the parents behind me like that, it was an away game, just blocked just them out, focused on, yeah. blocked them yeah. out completely. Oh, I didn't had even no know idea that falls on a coach to control the crowd. I I got approached about it because an it's away not, coach. It's not my school." It's not my school, not exactly. my not my AD. My AD isn't there. If we're home and we've got a home student crowd, mm-hmm. my AD is going to take care of that. But, um, I mean, sometimes I, I just don't usually, think that should be the responsibility of you coaching your team, but then also listening to the crowd. Well, I I know I agree, I agree. <laughs> and we usually have an administrator that comes, okay, you know, to the games. But they did approach me about it. And I just turned and looked at the parents behind me. There wasn't a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't even notice. And so I just said, hey, cut, knock it off. I'm like, whatever is going on back there, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I was just kind of smiling, you know, being friendly to them. And it got, it got better after that, apparently, because yeah. I didn't get approached again. But yeah, I I have had um, instances where, you know, the, yeah. the ref did approach me about the parents. Oh, wow. because, well, they're kind of they're kind of giving me a warning. Yeah. Saying, "Hey, coach, you're a sideline, you, but you will get the yellow coach. card." Jeez. I've been yeah. yellow carded. It was more of a pr- procedural error, not because I was arguing with anything, because I don't do that. But <laughs> I can see. I mean, I can see it. Yeah, it's where where we've seen it, or like I experienced it, and you know, it was in high school, and we had a pretty competitive uh, basketball team my senior year. But we had some parents that would sit right behind our bench, and they would be very vocal, you know, and like what you're talking about. And the officials might let it roll off their back, but my my dad thought it affected our coach. Mm, and like yeah. he started feeding off of that. Sure. And, you know, looking back at that, you know, I, I kind of believe my dad a little bit that our our coaching staff probably would have been better not hearing the – woes me type stuff and mm-hmm. finally make mm-hmm. the call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you'd notice, a lot of the, not necessarily from where I was at, because we're all pretty good there, but um, <laughs> right, right. in my broadcasting career, it appears the parents that know the least about the game, especially the rules, yeah. are the loudest. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I hear in basketball, three seconds, three seconds. And that's, you know, that's yeah. a rule for a player that can't be in the lane. Yes. And it's just like you have you have two or three parents at every game that just kind of watch one player and they, they have this really fast clock. That that's an easy one. one. Two, three, <laughs> three seconds. Yeah. One, two, three, three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just some observations that I, I yeah and I, over the years. and I agree with that because the, the um, mentality that I always have is, 
if you're going to sit there and yell about that and you're going to get so worked up and do all these things, then go get involved. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Go mm. get, join the sidelines. Okay. Help out. Like, if you think you really know what all is going on yeah. here, then mm-hmm. why don't you go do that? Exactly. Yeah. You know? Put yourself Otherwise, out there. like, for me, like, I'm not going to do it. Again, I'll go back to basketball. We're sitting there watching basketball. I'm not going to coach his team. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sitting on the sidelines yelling. If I see something I don't like, I'll <laughs> grind my teeth a little bit and I'll, you yeah. know, I'll whisper to her, God, that was kind of a bad call. Yeah. All right. Well, right, right. you know, and we'll keep yeah. watching. And mm-hmm. that is what it is. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I was affected by a student section once. And I, I think it was because I got, like, viciously protective over my team on the court there. But they were they were pretty rough. They were on section. the court. This I know the game they you're were, talking about. They were in the playing area. They weren't yeah. on the court, but they were within six feet of the court mm. on their feet running around on the sideline oh. within six feet. And I'm like, I don't think this is okay. And when my girls would pass a ball that direction which granted we should have controlled the ball better but they go chasing after it the student section would run like right alongside of them and be barking at oh them. yeah i was like mama bear oh my god out. i was i was not okay i went over to between sets i was like and i i started telling it to the down ref i was like uh this is the worst student section i've ever seen and i was i mean i was letting that down ref have it i'm like that yeah. they can't they can't do that they're in the playable area yeah. we can't even have players stand in the playable area and those are students and they're chasing the girls who are going after a ball in play Jeez. and the ref was like oh they're they're trying to get out of the way i'm like they're not doing a good job, and that's probably <laughs> that's probably the most vocal I've gotten with an official. You're, I mean, you're right in that mm-hmm. scenario for sure. And, and what, I mean, I w- yeah. I'm not going to get vocal unless I feel super confident about we, it because you, I like to protect the officials. You brought up earlier, you know, when the the referee said to you, "Hey, you know, your parents are getting out of control. You're about to get carded." Mm-hmm. They expected you to have responsibility of those people behind you. Mm-hmm. You're out there at a visiting school. Yeah. Someone should be responsible for that group, hundred mm-hmm. percent. It was a rough and, group. and maybe it should have been the other coach. And the AD probably was there. So. I heard that the AD wasn't there. I said that. But still, AD there's got to be a teacher over there or something. Someone goes, "Oh, that's not the AD." I was like, "Well, he looks like he's supposed to be in charge of these people, he but he's not doing his job." The referees should have gone to the coach. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and they said, did hey, to you. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty rough game, and I didn't. I did not enjoy that whole atmosphere. Was rough, and I'm like, you know, great. You, the home team advantage. Yes, you get your student section, mm-hmm. but this was on a level mm-hmm. I've never complained about until then. Like this was, this was something new for me, where they were chasing my girls and barking at them, like getting so close during the play. Like our students are not allowed on the floor. We have our bleachers. And we leave that first row open. They yeah. can put their feet on that first row and they can stand on it, but they cannot get on the floor. And I'm like, great, contain your student section and they can say anything they want to say. I don't care. But the minute they're on the floor with my girls chasing them, I I, yeah. I turn into mama bear. But I was like super duper trying hard not to project that frustration to my girls i'd call a timeout i'd talk to them and then that's you know between the sets when i went over to the ref and kind of unloaded a little bit 
And my AD said later, he's like, I knew you were talking to the refs about that student section. I'm like, oh, my God, I tried so hard to keep it under control. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I watch, you know, and I cut the highlight reel for you guys mm-hmm. season long. And so I watched some of that game like, wow. Like, yeah. you know, the ball's going that direction. And then all these boys, you know, big football boys were running that direction, too. Barking at the player trying to track that ball, and like it was a little sketchy. I, I'll give that. And it's a l- yeah. quite intimidating for <clears throat> a girl running. I'm to shag all you know, about ball the anyways. student section having fun. Yeah, stay in the bleachers. I mean, I we, mean, those bleachers are right there. Just stay in the bleachers. Period. So then they can't go with you on the floor. And yeah. as bad as that is, you know, that's one of the great things about sport is. There's so many different lessons that you're going to learn, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, mm-hmm. your, for your team, your girls, like, going through that, yeah, that sucked. Nobody got hurt, hopefully. Um, but they left there, like, with a little understanding of something that they probably didn't have when they yep. got there. Yep. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I didn't say anything about that student section until after the game was done. I, and, couldn't, I couldn't bring it to a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. And, and that was – the next point I was going to make is, you know, you get in those scenarios and so then they're probably watching you. Mm-hmm. How is she handling this? What yeah. is she going to do? How is she reacting? Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. she saying? Yep. And that's what they're going to take with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a, a mental game, such mm-hmm. a mental game. Yeah, and, and that you stayed calm. I got to be in cool. it. You know, I got to be in it the whole time. I got to treat them right. I got to, you know, care about their mental state at all times because sure. the minute things start going downhill, if I chew one girl out and she starts spiraling down, I mean, it could be a, a domino effect. Yeah. It's crazy. And you can't show that the officials are affecting your state of mind because then it will definitely affect mm-hmm. the players. Mm-hmm. Like it goes downhill. It really right. does. And they pick up on it better than you think. Like even just twitching and, you know, making a facial expression. Man, people read that. Yeah. You know, people know. Do yeah. you think this made me think of this because we had a weird game. You weren't there that game. Um, Joel's coach, we said, was animated. This game, he just decided to just sit there, huh. crossed his legs, <laughs> and said nothing. And I remember thinking, I asked his wife, I was like, um, did you give him some medicine? Like, what's his what's problem? Right on. And she's like, oh, I kind of got after him after the last game. He was way too animated. So he was like, <laughs> fine, I'll just sit here. So he just sat there. Do you find that, like, you coach consistently or do you coach for the game? Do you, I guess, does it, my thing was, it almost, it helped the boys at first, mm-hmm. but then they were very confused. And even Joel was mm-hmm. like, he felt disengaged. What was up with, yes, yeah. he was like, what was up with Gunner? And I was like, mm, well, I I don't know, you know, I guess he was just pretty chill that game. And he's like, I feel like he just didn't want to say anything. You know, he was confused. Yeah. So with <laughs> coaching style, do you feel that you're pretty consistent? Oh my God, yes. Okay. Like to the point where my girls will will like mock me. Okay, like, so the, they can like, read, yeah. I, uh, I had a couple bench warmers that are like, and this is where she's going to go stand over here and put her hands in her pockets. <laughs> and now she's going to walk over this way and do this with her hands. And now she's tucking her bangs behind her ears. Like, And we, we had a day where it was... Um, for fun practice, yeah. Players dress like coaches. There's three of us coaches, and they all divvied up the three coaches and decided who they were going to dress like. And we were like, "This isn't even going to be fun. We're not even that exciting of coaches." Oh my god, they were hilarious. Like, and they even acted like us. And all mine did their hair the way I do mine, and they would 
pace and cross their arms like me. And, okay. and the ones like we have a male coach on our team, Chase. And when they were acting like him and posing like him, they would squat down and stroke their goatee. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like people <laughs> pick up on that stuff yes. more so than you think. Yes. Yeah. And I and it made me like self conscious about how I go. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. like you guys notice all this and like they're like they had it down and they're all doing the same thing and they're like, and then this is where Classen does this. <laughs> like, oh my God, guys stop. I can't have this anymore. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I think that's fantastic because consistency, especially young people mm-hmm. Vulnerable minds will say uh, they need that in their life and they crave it. There's been studies done upon studies done that they crave that and they are pushed towards that. Like, mm-hmm. They like it. And, yeah. They really do. And they can mock it and have fun with it. But that also shows just how powerful it is where oh they my can God. actually pick out what part of the game where Ashley, Coach Classen will – you know, put her hands in her pockets or on her hips or whatever. And they wouldn't have mm-hmm. the um, the confidence to joke about it like that right. if, exactly. if they didn't enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, and there's two sides to this too, like where your coach that you're describing was too disengaged. He went too far on the other side. Two of my favorite coaches, one on college and pro lengths, that's what he did every game. He would sit down with his, really? with his legs crossed. Mm-hmm. He would let his officials, or not his officials, his assistant coaches, work the officials. Okay. And so when he stood up to talk to the officials or to bark at his team, that meant something. Mm-hmm. That everybody was on high alert then because I'm talking about the Bulls coach, Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. and for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only has, what, nine championships to his name or something I like mean, that? only. There you go. That's it. And then the legendary coach, Tom Kropp at the University of Nebraska at Kearney. Um, he was a professional basketball player, longtime coach, just a tremendous man coach across the board. But he would just sit there with his legs crossed, you know, and just let the game happen. But that was his style. So that they expected style. it. Yes. Yes. And it's he, the unexpected, right? And just like Coach Tom Osborne, it had an advantage to it because when he stood up, oh, boy, every and then all the officials knew like, oh, my God, he never gets worked up about anything. Now that he is up mm-hmm. and he wants an official over there, they're quick to run over there and give him his ear. You know, so uh, I do think there's an, there's something to it. More than anything, just being consistent in who you are. And there's a middle, like, to what those two yeah. extremes that I was saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I just it, was, it just made me think of you, how consistent we, you were. We had a game once where the, the bench was, like, super close to the – the sideline and I'm like this is my lane man and I'm, I was trying to like your pacing lane yeah and I was trying to do <laughs> things but I was like right in the girls faces and I'm like oh my god I'm so I'm sorry I don't know what, I don't know what's going on and so there was an open coach by my assistant and I went and sat down and they were like what is she doing <laughs> <laughs> something's not right I'm something's like, not know. right you guys you're too close like and my so, butt's in your face yeah like. I'm like this is weird and it, luckily at that game um we were actually winning pretty handily mm-hmm. so it was kind of a relaxed atmosphere and when I would get up they'd be like butt's in my face I'm like I know I don't know where to go where do you want me to go but your girls <laughs> don't they use the bench they don't stand in the corner like in college you can't in high school, you have to be seated. Okay, because I wondered mm-hmm. how that started in college. That was not a thing, it is, obviously. It, in high old, school, but. even the assistant coaches have to be seated. I'm the only one that can stand, and I have a certain lane, and it is between the 10-foot line and the end line. So I cannot get in front of the 10-foot line, oh. and I cannot go past the end line, and I have to be six feet back So do you stack your girls from the first chair up to the 10-foot line, so then you're not pacing in front of them? Um, basically. My okay. coaches... My assistant coaches take those first few chairs in uh-huh. front of the 10-foot line, and then they start filling in with the girls. From there. And um, the ones that go in and out a lot are up yeah. there. 
um, depending on, on sometimes the water coolers at the end of the bench. So maybe someone who's going in and out is going to go sit at the end of the bench because they need to refill their water or whatever. Yeah. But I have I have a lane that I get to pace in. And since I was an official, I am very, very hyper aware of that lane. And I know not to get within six feet of the court. And I know I can't step behind that um, mm-hmm. end line or get in front of that 10 foot line. So I just I just pace. Huh. And that's just where I've kind of gotten accustomed to doing that. And so I rarely sit down, but occasionally, like like at that last game, I went and sat down and they noticed. The girls are like, <laughs> she <Yeah>. mad? <laughs> like, exactly. That's on? what they, that's what Joel yeah. thought. <laughs> oh, he's mad. Yeah. That's. I think that's the other thing about like animated coaches and stuff. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking trash about them, but we're just saying like there's no, different ways to do this. I would tell him this to his, I'll tell him to listen actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't specifically talking about him. I'm oh, saying okay, okay. them I'm just in saying, general. Yes. Uh, he's fun. But it, as a spectator, mm-hmm. depending on where your head's at, it makes the game kind of, more fun to watch because when you oh, yeah. see them getting over there getting a little crazy and you're like mm-hmm. oh god here we go yeah. he's about to <laughs> yeah. do oh, this yeah. or do that yeah. or she I've or whatever you know I mean it gets crazy parents send me pictures of me cheering on the sideline I'm like oh that's cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I was really into that game so I get excited when the yeah. girls get excited and I, have to, I tell them that I'm like I'll pull them in a timeout and be like you guys are boring me you, you got to kick it up out there because yeah. I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this game right now. You got to pick it up. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I think it's good to have a coach that is invested emotionally, yeah. right? You yeah. know, you don't want to bump on a logger. A guy's just going to sit there with his legs crossed and appear that they don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's also that balance. So, like everything we talk about, there's a balance to it uh, to where you don't let yourself, as a coach, get too high, you know, when times are good. You don't let yourself get too low. When the official blows the call or whatever, mm-hmm. you got to be able to to rein it in and get excited. Show your kids, my God, you're out there to have fun. You're out there to learn, and it's a fun thing to do. Play high school sports, you're right? So, I mean, I'm all for the animated coach. Just keep it in the rows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point, for sure. Well, man, I don't know. Did you? Was there anything else you wanted to kind of cover down that road? Or mm, I'm I'm pretty good. I know. Yeah. Did we miss anything, Ashley? Can we missed it? a lot of things. It's fine. There's oh, no. There's there's not enough time in the world to cover all this. Yeah, I'm sure we could go. For <laughs> oh my hours. god, we, I have so many things. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a. I mean, we pretty much do this every week. So yeah, it's uh, the first week in January. Oh, yeah. So we got 51 more of these to do. I got one thing. One I was more just thing. gonna say that. She totally should come on another two yeah. or three because we got be a lot. part one with me. We got part a lot one, to part one. Part one. Yeah. yeah, but uh, you know, we just we talked about how she's a science teacher mm-hmm. and chemistry and this and that, and it was brought up in a previous podcast. I, I had a frozen beer on me, mm-hmm. and I didn't know until mm-hmm. I cracked it open right. and it started yeah, yeah, to yeah. slush. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I yeah. said yes. Ashley could explain this to us. So, Miss Classen, science teacher, scientist, what is going on with that? Like, why can't I? Have a beer that, you know, feels a little deflated, but, you know, it's not frozen. But then when I open it. The world does want to know. It gets slushy, and then that slush comes out, and it's a ruined beer. I've been wondering that for the last. Since the last podcast. Yeah, 20-ish please, years. Please enlighten us. <laughs> it can happen to water, too, believe it or not. Like a bottle of water, a bottle of soda in the back of the cooler. You pull that out, and you open it. It's It needs some little thing. Okay. A speck of dust, a scratch on the inside of the container to catalyze that freezing process. That's it? It has been super cooled. When you pick up that beer, mm-hmm. the beer inside of it is lower than freezing. It is lower than freezing, but it hasn't had the jump start 
to freeze. It can go the other way too with coffee in the microwave. I remember my um, chemistry professor telling me this in college. If you heat coffee in a brand new mug in the microwave, because he was telling me about someone who did this, Mm -hmm. and he was waiting for it to boil or something. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess, I don't know, who boils coffee in the microwave? Maybe he was going to boil tea in the microwave. I don't know, but whatever. He's trying to boil his liquid in the microwave. Mm-hmm. Brand new coffee mug, super clean. There's no speck of dust. There's no scratch. There's nothing for it to catalyze. And it's getting, it's not doing it. It's not doing it. So he finally pulls it out, sticks a spoon into it to stir it, and the whole thing explodes. <gasps> Shards of coffee mug all over this guy. Hmm. And so it can go the other way where Is it's that... not boiling. It's not boiling. It's not boiling. And it then it got something. hot. It needs something to kind of trigger like the- Like a bacteria element or what? No, like a- like a, um, I know when you say like, catalyze, I'm like- <laughs> Like friction. Like, like even just a little scratch on the inside of the bottle or a little jarring. Sometimes it won't do it until you- like you could pull it out and maybe shake it. And it might cause it to So start. like a beard, you, cr- you crack the top and you're making a bunch – well, number one, you're shoving that that little uh, flap down Tabby. in there. Yeah, that might touch it or the yeah. maybe a slight pressure change. So it's like a spark. Yeah. Even, yeah, like, yeah, like, like a little spark it. to ignite the whole thing and hmm. it's going to cause that. The to, freezing process mm-hmm. needs that. Yes. So you can have yes. liquid, even water, be below freezing temperatures and still in a liquid form? Yeah. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did mm-hmm. not either. It's called super cooled. And you can and another another way to look at it is if you've ever made rock candy. Have you ever made rock candy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, With so you put sugar in water and you dissolve sugar in water. And there is only a certain amount of sugar that will dissolve in water. Okay. Hmm. It's a it's a solubility thing. You can change how much sugar can dissolve in water. By raising the temperature of the water. Okay? Hmm. So you get the water super hot. You can dissolve more in it. Well, then you can cool the water back down to room temperature. And if you're not touching it and you're very careful, it will still hold all that dissolved sugar. Super saturated solution right there. You stick a string in it, it's going to start crystallizing on that string. Because that gives it the little the little thing the little thing in it perfection yes yes that All it needs right. to to start crystallizing on that huh. mm-hmm. jeez I, yeah yeah I, I, I knew she would have an answer science I didn't science. know I didn't know we were gonna have a science lesson today <laughs> mind blown <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast yeah yeah could be a fun one yeah uh, we uh, sounds like a three parter at least we're gonna have percent yes. <laughs> awesome thanks cool. for coming Ashley yeah, absolutely coming I loved up. it yeah mm-hmm. fun. see this we weren't fun. too intimidating were we mm. nah okay good <laughs> <laughs> now no. we get to go have some beers and well more beers more yeah. watch beers. the bills On watch to the, the bills, bills game yes sir On Monday night football game. or whatever it is yes something like that holidays throw me off yeah <laughs> right. All right. Well, I'm going to check us out. You guys good? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Peace. All right. Later. We'll see you.